You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. When we think we were talking about the original trilogy, Matt and I, before you, you hopped on the call, Kai, and when, when we were talking about the original trilogy, I, you know, it is easy to find plot holes if you take even one other thing. But if you just watch the original trilogy, and people know what I'm talking about, right? I don't even have to say that it's Star Wars. But if you just watch it, it's pretty fucking flawless. In terms of, like, inconsistencies or plot holes, maybe, like, some stuff, like, from the early, like, moments of uh, New Hope, can you can sort of make some sort of, like, very, very thin argument about plot holes but like about like luke's skill but like he's the hero he's the chosen death star yeah but like you know i'm finding with all these sort of complaints about palpatine like yes those complaints certainly exist because technically everything is canon blah 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 than all nine movies but i kind of like the idea of if i like last time i watched the original trilogy i think it was shortly before i watched um uh, sure before the clone wars ended like the ahsoka stuff and like the order 66 and how and the siege of mandalore um i found that i found that um i rewatched and i kind of like the idea of okay i'm gonna watch this and i'm gonna imagine i've never i've never seen or read anything else what do i think happens to get them here right i thought it was very reasonable that ben kenobi that you to think or for people to think that was ben kenobi a clone Right, I thought it reasonable to think that you know, based on everything else I read, and then the, the legends or I watched, and then also the legend stuff. Now I'm going against my own rule, but the legend stuff that came out immediately following the original trilogy, like Courtship of Princess Leia, Starfighters of uh, the Starfighter series, the X Wing series, Thrawn you know, trilogy, Thrawn trilogy, all of that stuff actually assumes that the Empire coming to power was a very slow burn. Like slowly, Palpatine gave himself more and more power as a senator, and then he seized power, but he kept the Senate. And like the set, like the Empire didn't stop being a democracy until the Senate was abolished. If you really think about it, mm-hmm. right? But the now, Empire, I I disagree. The Senate, uh, the the Empire came into power when Palpatine controlled the Senate. I think that's when the Empire yeah, but not was in control, but not officially, not out in public. Yes. But like, as I was saying, but I'm not talking about like democratic values. I'm talking about like de jure democracy because the senators are still technically elected. Like democracy died long before the empire rose to power. Um, like small d democracy. That's such a that's such a sentence that can be applied. How many different contexts now? <laughs> yeah. But like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, fi- I find that it's almost enjoyable to think about, I kind of like the when in the books when Leia talks about all Legends books, to be fair, but when Leia talks about as when she's chief of state, when, that I could so easily, I so easily see the, the path Palpatine took. Mm-hmm. And she gets inside of his head. He's long dead. It's after the events of Dark Empire. She, he's like, he's never coming back. He never comes back in Legends after that after he arises as a clone 
and take Luke, takes Luke as, an, as his apprentice. Spoiler for Dark Empire, it's been out for 35 years, though, so fuck you. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, like, I, I really like the idea of exploring that Empire stuff that I was hoping we'd get more of in the Bad Batch, but it ends it's showing to just be like Star Wars Rebels the prequel. Yeah, that's also kind of what we were discussing before you came on, Kai. I mean, there's so many different things you could explore, and we were even talking about the kind of tabletop RPGs that people's run. Uh, there's so many different stories out there, but we seem to keep getting, like, people versus the Empire. Uh, and I think, Sam, you even mentioned on a previous episode, I mean, like, it'd be cool to look at how does the Senate run under Palpatine? Uh, we could look at people jockeying, you know, for his favor. I agree with you, Matt. Um, okay. The concept um, of having a West Wing is set in Star Wars, having uh, an ER set in Star Wars, you know, uh, Honestly, it's not law and order in Star Wars world. It, I, I'm gonna, it's a I'm great gonna push, avenue to see the world. I'm going to push back on the West Wing angle because West Wing is a lot of idealism, right? It's a lot of idealism. It's a lot of like small D democracy. It's about good winning out regardless of politics. So that's probably why it wouldn't work. I do like the idea of law and order and thing because like I, for, as an example, like when we started playing our Star Wars game, I started up running Ghosts of Dathomir and the conceit of that game, or sorry, not the conceit, in the opening of all these Star Wars adventures Fantasy Flight Games puts out free advertising for Fantasy Flight Games right now. Um, they, there's like maybe like, I don't know, like a, like a 500 word like short story, like to set up the story. And the setup for Ghosts of Dathomir is two Imperial agents, investigators on Coruscant, who are looking for a murderer. And they're like, I reckon, they're saying, I recognize how this guy died. And they're not saying how he died, but I recognize it. Do we throw this up the chain and see what happens? Or do we investigate? And he's like, and then the head agent says, listen, kid, you don't want to risk these people. That's a lightsaber burn. We don't fuck with that shit. We throw it up the chain. And it just sort of ends there, right? Like, I kind of like the idea of, like, what if there's a rogue Jedi, but they're the villain, and the hero is sort of the guy doing his job, you know? But, like, That's I kind of like, but, like, the bad guy as a member, a good guy who is a member of an evil faction, and he's the, the or he, she, they are the protagonist? I kind of, that's super compelling to me, right? Like, what if we followed, like, Crosshair all the time? That, well, as an example. And yeah, and, and, and kind of one of the things I was also talking about is, and they touched on it briefly uh, two weeks ago in, in an episode of, of The Bad Batch, when, when the Batch had to kind of take a closer look at their ideology and how maybe it needs to shift because they had to help a separatist escape from the Empire. Like, it would be cool to look at what's happening in terms of those former separatists. How is the Empire, like, I can't, they didn't like the Republic, they're not going to like the Empire. So there, even there, there would be still a kind of a, an us versus the Empire kind of dynamic, but it would be different. These wouldn't be just, you know, the same people that go on to form the rebellion necessarily. This would be looking at how, how, how the separatists are brought back into the Empire. How does the Empire deal with them? Um, and it's something that's touched on kind of a little bit in, in one of the books I'm reading, Star Wars Tarkin. But we don't really hear any more about we hear very little about the separatists as time goes on. And you were mentioning there was one um, camp. Was it a campaign that you played in or a campaign that's, that somebody ran where it's like one person was a separatist and one person was. Yeah. A campaign I played in. Um, yeah. One person was a separatist rep. I was a, like a, like a Padawan term smuggler. One was like a heavy type character turned rebel, like hardcore, super supporter of the rebels. And one person was a 
slave turned pod racer turned independent fighter pilot who didn't want to be with anyone. Like, think about how, how does, how, you know, the, the rebellion may have some separatists in it, but how, how how does it function when you've got a separatist who maybe is rebelling against the empire, but his what he wants the galaxy to be is not the same thing as maybe Princess Leia who wants the Republic to be reestablished. Like, what about that dynamic? That would be cool to explore. Yeah, and I, I like this concept that you guys are talking about, about the idea that um, does sharing an enemy make you friends? Does sharing an enemy mean you have the same goal? And, I, and that's that's always a fascinating concept uh, to see unfold. Like who will tolerate one another? Who will be uh, partners in certain situations? Like you, you think uh, and, about, and Star Wars is perfect for that. I think something you can think about, like I think about, when I think about this stuff, I think about history, right? Mm -hmm. I Specifically, um, you can think about the American Revolution as an example of it. You can also think about like the war in Vietnam. You can think about like sort of, um, the war in Afghanistan is a great example because it's got so many factions. Like the bad guy, whoever the bad guy is, the good guys are not the good guys. They're the guys fighting the big game, the big empire, right? Like I think we got in Rebels a little bit of like, are we as the rebellion willing to give up our humanity to like take over to like win? And like in Clone Wars, you do get a lot of like, what is humanity? What are we like? Are we? allowed as clones to feel bad about what we're doing you know i think in early stuff with like when you'd see like rex and cody and fives and Ta and echo talking together you get a lot mm -hmm. of that and like obi-wan is gone anakin's not around ahsoka's uh, snips isn't around like it's just them and like they're like soldiers are going to get in their own heads you know with like with it's a great way to it's a great way to introduce kids to just war theory yeah, like it, Avatar: The Last Airbender does this awesome. Does a great mm -hmm. job of this. Like, obviously, it does everything amazing. Legend of Korra as well, in like late season, in like season four, with like a fucking fascist cartoon. Like, what's not? What's it's that's amazing. But like, a rebellion in from our own history can be many different things. Like, you, uh, the uh, the American soldiers, the GIs in Vietnam may have been calling everyone Charlie, but it wasn't just Viet Cong shooting at them from the trees. It was guys just protecting their farms. It was people who were probably bad actors within the southern the southern Vietnamese, you know, government. It was uh, all these things, you know, in the American Revolution. Uh, you didn't just have, like you had political people. Certainly, you had your um, your Bail Organas and your Mon Mothmas. But you also had your guys on the ground. You guys had you guys you guys you had your Samuel Adams in the politics, and you had your, you know, um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. I don't. I'm not an American historian, but you had these guys on the ground who were like, no, we need to be killing redcoats in the streets every day, just like they did to us in Boston, at the Boston Massacre 20 years before the revolution even fucking started, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Or not 20 years, like five years. What am I saying? And I so think like, that's the challenge of the of these writers is to produce these stories on a galactic scale, which is yeah, very that's difficult. The that's the thing. You're on a galactic scale. You have the opening up. And what Matt is saying, and what I'm sort of come up, Matt sort of coaxed me over to his side, they're not doing that. And well, and this is the other thing. It is galactic scale. And sometimes I think they forget that. Do we need to always encounter the same characters that we've already Agreed. met? Like, Okay, so spoiler in in last week's episode and this week's episode of, of of the Bad Batch, we see Hera's origins. 
Hera's, you know, I guess maybe Hera's not my favorite character only because I feel like when you've seen these characters every episode in Rebels and every episode is basically we need to like, you know, rescue somebody from the Empire or like, you know, uh, steal some supplies from the Empire. But it just gets kind of repetitive. And then in the end, I'm kind of like, I don't really care that much about these characters. The story is kind of like run its course. I'm over it. Um, so, I mean, I am coming from a place where, you know, I, you know, admittedly, Hera is not my favorite character, but Willak, uh, the pilot of, of, yes. um, of, of, of the, of the, uh, the ghost. Um, and so in these two episodes of the Bad Batch, we essentially see her origins. She's, um, uh, a, a young Twi'lek on Ryloth. Uh, we're seeing her parents are, you know, major players on Ryloth. They're involved, um, let, less so her father, but, but her mother and her uncle are involved kind of like in trying to maybe undermine the empire, um, there. Um, but I don't really think we needed to encounter her. Like it's not really her. Hers isn't a backstory that I necessarily needed to see. Same, same with Kanan, to be fair. But I think throwing Kanan in the way they did kind of made sense. Like you have to start the story of the Bad Batch with Order sixty six, and if you're going to show Order sixty six, then the Jedi get killed and some Padawans are probably left behind. So why yeah. not make one of them Kanan? I, fair enough. I, but I, I don't know if we need to go out of I don't know if we need to go out of our way to see the backstories of all these different characters. Like, let's see new characters. It's galactic scale. Why books? are we running? Hmm? Did you read the canon comic? No, but it's not really canon that much anymore, from what I've read. Because how how he loses his master is does not align with the way he loses his master in the Bad Batch. So, I think uh, with like uh, like this is like I believe now the, the third time. So we first saw we see Hera oh, first. We also see Chopper. Hera Chopper was with Hera like from from the get go or whatever. He, Honestly, like destroyed. the peak amount I like of the sort of in, the, the reuse of characters. Like this is the third time we've met. Chronologically, it's the second time you see you meet Hera. Third, it's the third time overall. The first time is in Clone Wars and Ch and Cham Syndulla, her dad, is kind of in, in kind of like a, the Saw Gerrera of Ryloth. Wait, oh, she was in Clone Wars? I don't remember her being in Clone like Wars. A, she was like a kid. It was like one episode. Like the Ryloth arc really focused on Cham, on her dad. Okay, um, so th okay, so this isn't her, her this isn't the, the very beginning of her story, but we're I think the point of seeing her in the Bad Batch is to show where her real hatred of the Empire comes from. That seems to be what they're yeah. setting here. But is it a story that needed to be told? I mean, it's well in, in Rebels with the Thrawn arc, because Thrawn sort of used yeah. taking Ryloth and his knowledge of the Twi'leks as a way and his knowledge of Cham as a way to take down Hera, tempered with the fact that uh, Cham like hates, but like Hera's like just fuming. But they explain it's because of the death of her mother in the Rebels. Right. Like for me, her story seems like the kind of story that probably a lot of characters in the universe have. So I don't know if it's unique enough to focus on. Like, yes. We needed to see the story of how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, because that's like that's a central story. Like, how did this great Jedi Knight become like one of the worst, you know, the most evil guys in the galaxy? That's yeah. a story that needs telling. But not everybody's backstory needs to be seen, you know, in its entirety. Yeah, and like For so example, far, Hera's backstory that that description that they're you know the you know their discussion about how she came to you know where she is in the story that's kind of enough. Yeah, like it's actually 
we're at a point now it's like did anyone come into the rebellion independently or was it all like just family connections <laughs> right like you think about saw and his sister and everyone on Onderon, you think of hera and cham and everyone on ryloth you think of like you know i kind of like like that's why they kind of like the story of ezra is a little compelling the fact that you made him a jedi is like whatever it's kind of it was cool but it was like you didn't have to make him a jedi like you made him a jedi so we'd fucking care about him so he could sell more toys let's be realistic but like he and was so he could wield a lightsaber it was kind of cool how he and his uh his he was looking for a reason his parents were killed he needed the kind of in that same way that like um what was it? Kind of like how with Bruce, it's a, it kind of mirrors for me the story of Bruce Wayne's parents, right? They must mm -hmm. have been killed. Someone must have wanted them dead. Because why else would this have happened to me? But in reality, it's just sort of the, the senseless violence of the setting, right? Like even though the Court of Owls has made multiple claims that they killed Bruce's parents, Bruce himself has discovered that they did not. They've said that to get in his head. Mm -hmm. But they did. It was Joe Chill was a senseless act of violence. That's sort of the point. That's the point of Ezra's story. Um, to the extent I like sort of the reintegration of characters, like Honda Onaka is like the perfect version. I don't even remember what he first appeared in, but like you see him a little bit in Rebels, you see him a little bit at the very end of Clone Wars, you're sort of seeing like his rise and fall and his rise and his fall again. And it's kind of, it's like really entertaining because he's a character who's like, he doesn't care about, he doesn't really care about the rebellion. He doesn't really care about the empire. He just cares about cash. And he's got his thing and he sticks to it. But like, you're telling me that like, you know, how like how they showed Wedge's story in Rebels was kind of cool. Like he was an Imperial pilot who got recruited. That's right. cool. That's interesting. Not his parents, not anything like that. Just, he was just a guy. And, you know, more people enter sort of resistance movements in reaction to things very close to them rather than mm -hmm. in compensating because of like Hera being a rebel makes perfect makes almost less sense than wedge because people you know people who are raised by really conservative right-wing parents are more likely to be very, very even more to the left of their left-leaning peers in our own world why would mm -hmm. the same why could that not be a human heavy air quotes human story you tell in the in the galaxy far far away but see, the thing with Wedge's story is we didn't really know much about his past, and we see very little of him in the original trilogy. So I think delving more into him... You do in Legends, though. I know, I know you do in Legends. But in canon, we, we didn't. Fuck so canon. I think there was... Canon yeah, is real. Canon, you know what? All, all canon is. All canon. Here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up on my soapbox right now. All canon you is... You weren't on already? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Canon is whoever owns the IP. There's right. nothing stopping me from having five. Well, there is something. If I had five hundred million dollars, there's really nothing stopping me from just making a Star Wars movie. But mm -hmm. okay, so like um, really, like I, okay, I, Disney, sue me. I'm gonna make. Uh, who cares? I'll pay for it with all my billions of dollars I make for my better movie. Uh, Force Awakens, um, is pretty good. Uh, you know, Last Jedi can be good if you like watch it in the right context. Like, if if you're high when you watch it, it's like great. But oh, <laughs> how else do you guys watch this stuff? Let's not talk about the sequels again. Um, but yeah, no, like I was saying, I, I think there was room to explore his character, but but we'd already seen so much of Hera, and again, I think because 
it's not just that we're it's not just that they're telling more of Hera's story. It's that this this story that they're now telling of Hera seems to be reminiscent of every story we told about Hera in in Rebels. Oh, it's against the like if this was something that didn't involve the Empire, then mm -hmm. I think I would probably be on board with seeing more Hera. But it's yeah. just that it seems like it's more it's just more Rebels. And I've kind of seen enough of Rebels because I feel like there's only so many times you can watch, you know, we, 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 we defeat a bunch of stormtroopers. We, you know, achieve our goal. Oh, the Empire is set back for a little bit. And then we just rinse and repeat that same story over and over again. And I think yeah. that's where my big issue comes with retelling this story about kind of Hera. But again, I would have the same issue. Like you, you mentioned Ezra and his parents. Like that was very interesting. That was a good story. But I don't need to go back and see like the story of his parents actually unfold on my screen. And oh my God, look, there's Ezra when he was like, you know, two years old before like, you know, he was separated from his parents. I don't need to see that. I think I think what's happening is they are trying to, and Kyle has something to say after me. I think what they're trying to do with it, and I'm gonna get a little um, like in like meta for a second. What they're trying to do is they're having the Bad Batch interact with a lot of rebel elements. I think what they're doing with the separatist stuff is they're showing that the separatists are a part of the rebellion and they do become a part of the rebellion. I hope so because, because that's, again, it's an interesting dynamic. I could see honestly a widening of the of the of the rebel of the rebellion era and they're and making it earlier and sort of widening it to the point where like we're going to see like resistance, you know, one shots or like three or four episode arcs in later seasons of the show and the bad batch are just are the viewers. Mm. Or what they're doing is they're showing the bad batch see all this shit and then at least Hunter probably is going to decide, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to take my daughter, because that's who Omega is. Let's be realistic. Okay. I've seen, we've all, like, old, like, it's The Last of Us, it's Logan, it's a trope. It's, and that's, it's a good trope at that. It's the man, it's, it's man, it's Jin Jaren and, and uh, Grogu. Long Wolf and Cub. Sorry, Lone Wolf and Cub, exactly. Yeah. It, it's big. It's it's the Brother Bear by Disney. You know, it's all of those things. It's Treasure Planet, and all of these, or Treasure Island, I should say. The Treasure Planet's pretty fucking good. Make a sequel, Disney. Uh, I think what they're gonna do is they're basically say, I I'm gonna take my daughter and go and be safe, and then Wrecker and Tech <laughs> and Echo and probably Cross. They're probably they're gonna the end. The season's gonna end with Crosshair dying or being brought back over. And I think, unless they want to keep him around as a villain, and uh, those are the options, <laughs> and uh, they're going to stay with the Rebellion, and Hunter's going to take Omega, and they're going to go off, and then this is showing that you can choose not, even though it's maybe not right, like everyone should fight for what is right, but nonviolence, choosing not to fight is an option. And I think that's something we haven't actually seen yet. And I could see that being the path of the Bad Batch. I guess Terrible least, thing to teach children. I and feel like... I gotta, yeah, I not, gotta no, ask you no, it's not the path of nonviolence. Like, it's, uh, it's it, apathy is... It's not even apathy. It's small joys. I may not be able to do do something grand. Granted, I'm a, I'm a cis white dude saying this. So, like, I mm -hmm. can think it. Like, I fully admit that. But in the context of the rebellion... Why would Hunter not want to do that if he's been fighting for as long as he has? He's a second generation, or he's like he precedes the first generation of clones, I believe. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I got a question for you guys. Like 
But like I could see him doing that, and then Omega's Omega grows up with him, and then she becomes some rebel person, and then we end up seeing her in like the Mandalorian yeah. season two or three. Or now, now I got a question with you guys because I'm I'm not watching uh, the Bad Batch because it just did not click with me. I just do not care about these characters. I didn't. I only watched um, Clone Wars once through, and I and. Straight up, I only watched Clone Wars so that the final episodes where Yoda uh, and like goes to that higher plane of the Force and you meets. And bullshit. You and no, bullshit. seriously, no, that's the bullshit. only reason I watched through Clone Wars was just to understand that scene perfectly. Did you watch the Ahsoka stuff? Barely. <gasps> Wait, <clears throat> you mean like you didn't watch much of like her like when she's accused of of, of the bombing of the I Jedi? Watched it. I don't care about the it. I don't care about the Martez sisters. They, that was just poorly acted. I'm talking about like I didn't care about that either. Did not care about those characters. Um again, I only watched I only watched I think the first half season of Rebels. Um again, did not really click with me. Uh, I don't like I didn't like the lightsabers. Let, well, I'll just be blunt. I didn't like the pointy needle lightsabers. Don't care for those. But the point need, I'm trying to get to, yeah. the point I'm trying to get at is there seems to be what you guys are describing with these characters is there seems to be this thing where they are describing backstories of basically side characters. And the place I have seen that the most, that that trope being done the most is anime and specifically shonen anime. That is totally, if you ask a One Piece fan what's something they hate, it's why every side character, the fucking bartender that they slap one time and who stands up for himself, like that guy gets a backstory about how he was beaten up all yeah. his life and then he suddenly gets one shove and then he fights back and that's his moment of glory. Fucking Naruto, there's like every you know, almost like, character almost gets like a backstory. So it's almost you just you just need you need need Ty Lee saying I had seven identical sisters. Sometimes the cabbage merchant doesn't have a reason for being a cabbage merchant. He's just the cabbage merchant. That's what makes that character so good is he we don't need that backstory. We just know he loves his cabbages. So do you think that American cartoon writers are adopting a uh, adopting that shonen trope because it's something that that reaches well, kids? It, well, it means they can make lots of content. So yes. yes. See, here's the thing. I I think the only reason they're doing it is because, like, this is essentially like the Filoni verse of Star Wars, and mm -hmm. I think all of all of the shows that take place in that universe, they're trying to make connections between. Yes, in the grand scheme of Star Wars, Hera and Kanan and Ezra are side characters. They're not. They're, they're not the main ones around who, whom the, the, the saga revolves. But in the Filoni-verse, they are main characters. And so mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're giving all of their backstories so that you see the connections between Clone Wars and Bad Batch and Rebels. But I guess I'm looking at from it from the perspective of they really still kind of are side characters. I don't need to know every little element of their life. They can just say, you know, they, they can just tell me their motivations i can see them talk about their past i don't need to actually see that past especially if it's already been described if you want to well, if you want to give an origin story how about this how about we see what was going on with 
Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone or whoever it was that was Ray's father. Ray is the main character in this saga. Let's look at that. How about we do a series that takes place between A New Hope and Empire or Empire and Jedi and we instead of just reading comics about what Luke and Leia and, and all of them were up to, we see that. These are main characters. If you want to keep telling stories about the same character, choose the main ones or come up with new characters because again it's a big galaxy they don't but always have that, to run they just the did come up with a new character they came up with Hera and you're saying you're not interested so no, I, find not your, I find I your point a bit I, just saw her. I saw her story for four years I already know a lot about her let's do a new character yeah like where the fuck did but then why go back to Luke him? and Leia what I, I said if you have to retell the, the stories about same characters then choose the main characters so that <laughs> you can also they have you say you just bring up Hera but like you're proving like you didn't like okay this is one of those things you can't complain because you didn't watch the show if you'd watch Rebels you'd know that all of this story we've already gotten it we get it from Grant, we're getting it from Cham somewhat in Rebels. We get it from Cham a lot in Clone Wars. We're getting it from Cham again now in Rebels, and we're getting it from Hera again in, in now in Bad Batch. Or if you really want, if you really want to do something more with Hera, tell me a story that doesn't involve the Empire, because mm -hmm. I've already seen Hera and the Empire. That story is played out. It was played out in 15 episodes in season one of Rebels, 22 in season two, 22 in season three, and 15 in season four. I've seen enough of that Hera versus the Empire story. Yeah. So go differently if you mm. really want to stick with her character. Wow, this sounds like, I, this, this, here's my thing. Like, I'm gonna get super meta for a second about the conversation. Like, who knew we, we'd care so much because, like, they're, they have been lengthening for so long and now they're, they are, bringing breadth and like sort of meat to these sections now but like now they're just adding they're putting fat on the bones fat on top of the, the meat now mm -hmm. like, stop you're putting it you're putting it in the you put it in the right place already you gave us it's, everything we it's getting too thick it's getting now, too yeah thick. It's, too, it, it's all it's thick in the wrong places i didn't think that'd be possible <laughs> I, I you know i'm down with the thickness but it's i didn't think it would be possible right like we're, we, we, okay, so we, now I think at the end of the Bad Batch, like, what is the point? Like, are you doing this? what you're trying to like, say is, come on, get up, come on, get down with the thickness. You want to get up, come on, get down with the thickness. But, like, my point is that I think Matt, Matt makes a phenomenal point about Ray's yeah. father. Like, talk about Ray's dad. Like, how did, if, okay, so that woman that we've only assumed is, Lando's daughter, unless they, and, and they confirmed it in like the visual encyclopedia, the visual dictionary of the Rise of Skywalker, they confirmed that that girl that Finn recruits on that planet just happens to be Lando's daughter. Okay, who is Lando's spouse? How did he lose his daughter? How does he know this is her, his daughter? How, how, why would the stormtroopers take that risk? Why would their empire or the first order take the risk of taking a child of a leader of the rebellion? What's that story? Who's Ray's dad? Who's Ray's mom? How'd they meet? Well, give me answers, Disney. Give me what, answers. Now, backstory. Would you guys want to see this naked. animated? Would you guys want to see this animated or live action? I don't care. That, who cares? No, no. I, I think that's an important. Course. I think that's an important question because it really does define a lot of the storytelling. The I way the medium does affect the message. Think of it like colors, right? Main characters get live action. Secondary characters 
may get live action in those things and then their main characters in cartoons and then like tertiary characters are isolated to but do you trust that formula considering the mandalorian look at mando complete nobody got a live action series and killed it he but so, he's not he wasn't uh, he's but he wasn't he is the uh he is an original character to that show he is the if he he is the auteur of his own story right that's his story. His story is isolated to that. Oh, I see what you're saying. The Baby Yoda show did not really connect with the main story that much. Well, not until Luke showed up at the end. But yeah. no, I'm, not talking about this. I'm not talking about any overarching story. I'm talking about yeah. the story of the Mandalorian tell of the Mandalorian television program is about Din Jaren. It's not about Luke. Luke is in it because it's providing sort of like levity and breadth, and it's also like you know, so they can get a bunch of a bunch of grown ass people, grown ass men to squeal like little babies. Like enjoy. Like why would we not? They succeeded. I think I think, you know, and and through this conversation, I'm kind of like reframing my my opinion. I think the biggest thing here is that there's too much that's kind of the same. The way the Bad Batch is encountering some of these characters, like the Martez sisters, it just seems a bit unnecessary. If you were to change it up more, I think uh, I would feel uh, I would have a better reaction to it. Yeah. No, don't I forget they also got to sell toys. So they got to make sure that these characters get enough light and that they have enough side toys to sell. Because a lot of the yeah. cartoons are made or, you know, they make or break on toy sales. We saw that with Young Justice. We saw that with Thundercats 2011. Um, a lot of good shows don't get the, get the shine they deserve and because they can't make those those uh sidekick sales and if you really want to go into a character that we've seen later that we still don't know anything about bring in moth gideon we don't know anything about him but yeah. I, you know what to be fair no. I that's feel like a show to do west wing style i feel like because we're probably going to run into sabine we're probably going to run into a young sabine right i mean we've run into a young a young uh, you know young kanan young hera young chopper we're going to run into sabine, and guess what when we run into Sabine and we run into the Mandalorians, I think we're going to run into Moff Gideon. Well, so no, you think we could run into a young Obi Wan? Well, no, because he's oh, only no. in, that, that that's reserved for the Obi Wan Kenobi show. I don't think. Oh, also, also, Dan, also, I don't think we run into Sabine anytime soon, at least in this season of the Bad Batch, because Sabine's only a little bit older than. Um, Ezra and Ezra is is was born on the same day as Luke. That's Leia. true. That's true. So, like, okay, but we could still run into her. We're still. We, I, I feel like we're still going to run into somebody related to her. I think we get maybe we probably get um, uh, Bo Katan for sure or Bo Katan Kreese. We still don't know what happened to to Satine's nephew, who isn't Obi Wan's child, who isn't Obi Wan's son. <laughs> don't um, you dare besmirch his name. Don't you dare. Uh, I'm sorry. You know what? You know, like I understand like he's the he's the archetype of like the good knight. He's the archetype of the white knight. He is this character who is above reproach. He is the perfect Jedi. He is the quintessential Jedi, Mace Windu, Yoda, everyone said it. However, adding that it no, we don't we don't want to do that. I see Kai I'm not, I, I won't accept it. I won't accept no. it. I would argue that maybe he yeah, he is the quintessential Jedi from the perspective of somebody who's like a real follower of like the Jedi teachings of that era. But I mean, honestly, he's not a very good representation of the Jedi. Like he done fucked up. Yeah. Why couldn't he have fucked up with the team? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I meant he fucked up like with Anakin and like just like. Oh yeah, yeah. there's that. Uh, oh, did he really though? Did he really? I still, I, I still watch just that like like the back half of Revenge of the Sith. It's like such literally, great. like ninety nine percent of the best stuff in the the prequels is in with the is in like the is in Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith. Like just good stuff, not like in the grand scheme of Star Wars. And like I mean, it wasn't just the climax of that movie, but it was the climax of that trilogy. Yeah, and when like ninety nine percent of that, ninety nine percent of the best stuff in Revenge of the Sith are in the back half, and almost all of that is in that one fight. <laughs> yeah, because that was the that, that was, was the punctuation on a whole goddamn trilogy, so it had to be amazing. And and kind of going back to your original point about how you like to imagine watching the original trilogy and and like kind of just on its own without thinking about everything else around it. I mean, that fight was the kind of thing that those of us who watched the original trilogy before the pre prequels even existed, that was the fight we were like all like itching to see. I mean, that- Yeah, this is something else actually. <clears throat> How did, this kind of, I think we've talked, I think we've never talked about this, but I've heard it talked about, I've heard it sort of addressed. Why have we never been shown so Padma's a, Padme's a badass in Attack of the Clones. She's a she's like a political genius in Phantom Menace, and that maintains through clones. She's a badass in Attack of the Clo in the Clone Wars and a political genius. The fuck happened that she's like her heart is breaking because Anakin's showing how evil he can be. Like obviously they can't change what has been done in Revenge of the Sith, but like show me maybe like what happened to make her that way like explain it right i don't know i always I, I think need a better reason than heart is breaking i always assumed she died of a broken heart like she gave birth to leia come on you um, know what gives me so much anakin gives me like small town racist cop energy oh yeah like like, like late revenge of the sith anakin he's got all that harry potter energy in him he was, uh, like, he was, like he was like high school qb and then he like he broke his he like broke his like shoulder in like i would be very fascinated well, i would like to see how luke and leia would have reacted if they found out that because they were so force powerful that it complicated the the birth that it required more energy or something or that the force basically yeah. passed through padme into them or somehow and padme here's like, here's here's where no, i think that, the real that's the point the whole point is that Anakin killed Padme. Anakin died when Padme died. See, here's yes. the thing. I feel like maybe they played around. I feel like maybe the original plan or something that was originally tossed tossed around is Anakin. The, the real way that's probably supposed to go down is Anakin force chokes her and she dies. But mm -hmm. I feel like they decided like, yo, we can't we can't do that. That's like a pregnant woman. That, that's too dark. He can't kill her. Although, I mean, he just murdered all those people of the Jedi temple. So I don't really know. I think that's why we're left with this kind of very confusing scene at the end, which would have made a lot more sense if it was just the force choke. Um, dark. Or, like, or, but like, yeah, you have to read into it too much to really understand what happens. But like, that's another one of the things like Lucas made the move, but like the again, that is a closed loop. Like you have to look at everything that has been put out as a closed loop. Like, like the Clone Wars is a separate thing from the re from the finished episodes is a separate thing from the from the the Clone Wars season seven is a separate thing from the Bad Batch is a separate thing from Rebels and the Mandalorian 
and the Mando verse will probably be like the the saving grace, but we'll, the the Filoni verse, I guess, is what we're gonna call it. Maybe no, we'll call it the Favreau verse because he's the Filoni Favreau verse. The Filoni. yeah. The the Favloni verse that sounds like dessert. Now I want now I want Pavlo. Now I want Favloni. What's a Favloni? I feel uh, like it's I like feel a like Pavlova it is a Favloni is a um it's a layer of like cookie dough and then has like a marshmallow or stuff inside it. It's basically like a dessert version of ravioli, Favloli. Okay. Okay. Like apple pie for Voli, you could have a you could have marshmallow s'more for Voli. Favloni, sorry, not Favloni. Favloni, Favloni, yeah, that's that's my that's the dream. Uh, this is a variety show. We talk about pop culture a lot. We we, we should yeah. start talking about things, you know. You this know? is the shit we this, but this is the shit that's on our radars, you know. This, this is, is yeah, yeah. Like we we could talk about we could just have like we could talk about our game, hype it up, and then like. You know, never tell and never like record an episode. Never record a, a oh, session. Yeah. You know, our Padawans great. might hate us. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. They, you had a first. It's like you guys had like one Padawan you shared, and then that's like the kid you had. That's like the kid, <laughs> that's like your that Xavier. It was their first Padawan, and he's like Johnny Cash's kids with his first wife before he got before he got famous. Plus like, the Red Hood. Plus, yeah, he's your he is your Jason Todd. Like he's our Jason Todd. I was only gonna say, I mean, your Padawan Jaros, your Padawan may hate you, but only because you forgot his name when you were about to like sit down and start talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> it had been two weeks, guys. Jeez, yeah. we hadn't played in a while. Yeah. 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 Now you're like friends with like I'm gonna like Saxwell is like if Donald Rumsfeld was a good guy. <laughs> Thank God, he's so powerful. Like they have like the backing. They're like friends with like the most powerful super spy, Imperial super spy in the galaxy. I love, I love how you you basically once you said he's like uh, Drakov, I was just like, oh, okay, I get it now. Just snap like that. Drakov from from Black Widow. Oh yeah, like that's if he, if Drakov was like not lawful evil, if he was like neutral good. Yeah, we're mixing things now. Anyway. All right. Once again, thanks for joining us on the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show.